<laughs> oh my god. Um, <clears throat> what's up, everyone? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 16th of October. Yep, fucking nailed it. I just, <laughs> I just did the mic test. Um, and, uh, I was in my room and like evidently my room, I kind of wanted to do the podcast in my room, but evidently it's dusty, like it's too dusty because I sneezed um, and uh, (laughs) so I did like a 30 second mic test and I was like singing this song and then whatever and uh, I got the sneeze on mic, (laughs) so I've just, (laughs) I've just like clipped it so it's just the sneeze and exported it as an mp3 pile. (laughs) file <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> that's making me laugh so hard if anyone wants that as a bonus track to this week's episode <laughs> hit me up and i'll send you a one second audio clip of me sneezing <laughs> oh fuck yeah I don't want people to think that my room is especially dusty, by the way. It's like, it's not dusty, but it is also too dusty. Does that make sense? It's too dusty for me to be in. I, it, make, it made me sneeze a bunch. Made me sneeze so much being in my room. I'm just going to move myself around here, actually. I'm changing a lot of positions. Um, how am I feeling? I woke up late again today, just like last week. Um... I feel like I'm waking up earlier and earlier though. Like late today was still like just before nine, which is great. That's way better than what it's been in the past, you know? I've been waking up at like 10, 11 and shit if I've been... This not drinking thing is fucking real great. It's real great. Um, it's way easier than I expected, to be honest. I went to a party on Saturday. Um, it was this orange party. If anyone was following my Instagram stories, so I did like, a, so the theme of the party was orange. So, um, you know, wear orange stuff. Um, and I went to a charity shop um, or a couple and uh, they, we call them op shops here, but I've taken the UK terminology charity shop. I think it just makes more sense, a charity shop, right? Because it's a shop for charity as opposed to op shop, opportunity shop, but then, I don't know. I feel like if I say charity shop, Australian people know what I'm talking about, even though no one uses that phrase here. But if I say op shop, anyone listening outside Australia is like, what are you talking about? So any Australians getting mad at that, you got to represent our culture. I'm not doing it, man. I'm going for a broad appeal to my 50 listeners a week. (laughs) Broad. (laughs) Um... I, uh, uh, yeah, I went and <clears throat> I sussed out like three different orange things, put them on my Instagram story and was like, what do you guys reckon? Vote. And if anyone was watching but didn't see the results, it was 15 for the open top, uh, four votes for the fucking, um, tradie top, like the worksite top and five for the polo. So I went with the, this like garish bright orange open shirt with a white tee underneath it. And then I got a visor, an orange visor, an orange parasol and, uh, and a fucking massive like fake gold chain. 
um, and my friend Lo got uh, an orange like jack-o'-lantern costume, you know, like a giant pumpkin. So she dressed as a pumpkin. That was great. And we went to this party. It was just like a Saturday afternoon hang um, for my mate Amy's birthday. And uh, it was real nice, man. I bought a bottle of soda water and I just drank that all afternoon. And it wasn't even like... Once I got past the like... Amy was walking around with um, with Negroni going like, who wants Negroni? Here we go. Here. And once I got past the first like one or two times of being like, no... It was actually super easy to not drink. And then by the end of the night, like, uh, went and got Luxa, which it also struck me was orange as well. So, you know, we kept the theme going. <laughs> um, oh, gross. Um, went and got Luxa after the party. And then was home by like 11, 11.30. Not drunk. Wasn't hung over the next day. Still had a lovely time. Fuck yeah. A part of me keeps, like, getting tempted to proclaim, like, you know, this is it. Maybe I'm just never drinking again. Maybe that's how I quit drinking, is I just decide one day that I'm not drinking for the month, and then it just extends forever, you know? But I, uh, nah, I really, I, I don't know. Do I love drinking? I don't know. I actually don't know. Forever. The day before I started not drinking, I would have said to you, I love drinking, it's the greatest, and I want to do it always. I can't picture a time in my life when I would not be. Now that I'm not, it feels like exactly the same. Like, I don't really drink to get drunk anyway. I just like a glass of wine. If anything, I don't know, is it annoying? It's not annoying that it gets you drunk. Because I wouldn't drink non-alcoholic wine, because that's fucking lame. What's the point? But... What is it that's civilized about a glass of wine? I guess it is the little bit of a buzz that you get. You just don't want the bit after that when you're really drunk. Ah, oh, you don't, that's fine, but you don't want the unproductiveness the next day and the hangover. What am I trying to say? I think I still probably will drink. Um, but I want to go through more spells of like, you know, or like just drink once a week. Or so. I don't fucking know, man. What am I? T- why am I trying to put constraints on my life when I know I'm just going to go back to doing the exact same thing that I was doing and loving that as well? I guess I'm just a happy person to my detriment. <laughs> um, I got a bunch of tram fines since I've been back. <clears throat> a bunch. I think I'm like, this is a weird thing that's hard to give up in Melbourne. Not paying for public transport. <laughs> I I got a fine on the tram just before I left for the UK or like for Europe, like at the end of June. I got one and I got the letter for that, which is that's like two hundred and seventy bucks. Plus I got a fine for not voting in the Lord Mayor by election, which is the most fucking just absurd that like I didn't even know that was on. The only reason I knew that was on at the time, I actually did know that was on, but I- I stood into it. Um, the only reason that I knew that was on, though, was because I was living with Naomi, my old housemate, who is, like, very engaged politically and young and her eyes are bright and, you know, all of those things. She's just excited about engaging in the political process. And she goes to Melbourne University and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, she knew that it was on. She didn't even vote, though. She didn't vote because she moved and so she didn't get the letter. So, if she didn't vote, how the fuck am I a transient comedian, almost entirely disengaged from the political process. I barely know who our Prime Minister is at the moment. (laughs) Like, a tenuous grasp on that fact. 
it's Peter Dutton, isn't it? I think. Before that, it was uh, the the one that everyone kind of liked. Uh, what's his name? I've already forgotten his name. The lawyer cunt, the really rich one from the Liberals. I quite liked him as well. And yep, and before that, it was Tony Abbott. And before that, I believe it was uh, Albert and Costello. Yeah. And that's uh, Australia's Prime Ministers for any foreign listeners. Um, from now all the way back until about the 1930s, I just listed them all. Pretty impressive. Can't do that for your countries, can you? No, because your political system's too complicated. Australia, very simple. You just make it up and that's what it is. <laughs> I don't, fu- I have no fucking idea, man. Someone, if someone is listening to this going, I can't believe you don't know that our last Prime Minister was. Thought I would run up to it there. Still don't know it. We had Julia Gillard for a bit, a woman. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Something to be proud of, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I got that tram fine. Got the fine for not voting in the Lord Mayor by-election. And then um, got back and I was like, oh, I'm going to pay those. I'm going to sort this shit out. And uh, I think like maybe the the day after I got back, I was on the train, which there are never any dudes checking tickets on the train, except for that time. Um, got caught. No ticket. And what did I say to that guy? Oh, that's right. I, I was like, oh, there's it's not touched on. And the guy was like, oh, there's money on it. No, I, I pretended like I'd like I'd tried to touch on, but it assumed that there was no money on it. So when it went, uh, uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, it didn't, you know, there's no money on it. So I just will try and ride for free. And then he caught me and I was like, oh no, I just got back from overseas and there was no money on my card and I was going to top it up at the next place. And the guy was so lovely. And what he didn't know was that I just lied completely. And uh, I didn't even try and touch on because I just don't want to spend my money, you know? And I like, I like having a little bit of money on there. So if I'm on the tram and they come on, I can touch on um, before they get to me. <coughs> so he did the right thing by booking me there. And then like the week later, I get on uh, a, tri- a tram coming from my house into the city. And I get booked again by some guy and uh, I hadn't touched on at all. And I go to like they're like, oh, well, this is a concession ticket. And I'm like, I, I didn't even know. I've been using that for such a long time as my, like, ticket, you know, just to make it look like I'm trying. Didn't even know. It's not even a valid ticket for me. So I've had um, two fines since I've been back, and I got that one from before, plus they're not voting thing. It's about $1,000 worth of fines. Uh, haven't paid any of them. And, and now, because there's so many, like, the... 270 plus whatever the Lord Mayor thing was, that was like a manageable level. I was like, oh, I can just not pay. Oh, sorry. I was like, I can just pay that and it'll be done. But now that it's more than doubled, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pay any of these because I don't have that kind of money. Like I could probably eat a $300 expenditure and still kind of keep living my life. But a grand? Nah, I don't have that money. So guess what? None of those are going to be paid. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, um, that's still definitely my fault, but I just want people (laughs) in charge of the system to know that. (laughs) Because, and I'm not going to the fines place. I don't want to go to the fines place. 
I know they're just going to be angry at me. They're going to be like, why didn't you pay these? And I'm going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. Now I owe you more money. I still don't have that money. Fuck. I should get on a payment plan or something. I don't know, man. This is not like cool, badass attitude right now. This is like pathetic. And, and, and yet, you know, here I am. I've considered getting a job at a bar. Like, because uh, I'm just, like, I'm earning probably like, <clears throat> I'm probably earning like a hundred-ish dollars a week from stand-up. And then there's the, my, my like 300-ish dollars a week from, uh, from fucking the niece thing that I'm doing from the government funding, whatever. And, uh, I don't know. I've just, I've considered getting a job at a bar just like at weekends, like Friday, Saturday night. I just want to get a job <coughs> at like have the same job that I had when I was 18, but have it now because I'd be cooler. That's my thought is I just, I'm like, I'm 27 and I'm cool now. And all the, all the young fucking people at the bar would like look up to me and think that I'm great. That's honestly what I want. I just want like a, like a shitty nightclub where they play house music and I can rock in at like 11 a.m. Uh, sorry, 11 p.m. 11 a.m. Jesus. <laughs> Imagine if I was like, I just want to go clubbing at 11am and leave at 5pm. What a nightmare life that would be. I'd be getting ready right now. No, I want to get in at 11pm, leave at like 5am, get paid 20 bucks an hour for that time, just make 120 bucks twice a week and, um, and just fucking like dance to house music, talk to girls, laugh with young dudes who think I'm super funny. That's it. <laughs> but the reason the and literally the only reason I haven't done it is because I don't want to go out and hand resumes out to those places <laughs> like if someone knows a job in a bar that I can just get I'll do it I'll do it this weekend <laughs> I don't give a fuck <laughs> but I just don't want to have to work <laughs> I just want to do it with the minimal effort possible um yeah, like, if I had a friend who worked at a bar, I would totally, and they were like, dude, there's a job going, just fucking come in for a trial on Friday, I would be fucking there, and it, the shitter the bar, the better, like, the more just rammed it is with fuckheads, that's what I want, man, I want to work in a bar that people want to, I want to work in the kind of bar that if you're taking bartending seriously, you're like, oh, fucking, that was the first place I worked in and it was fucked up and I needed to do that to get here. No, I want to go back there and do that for fun because it's so removed from my life. I have a certain romance about that period of my life when I was taking heaps of drugs and shit that it just, it was fun. And my life is so far removed from that now that I would love to go back there and not necessarily drink or take drugs, but just be around those people again because fuck, they're directionless, but they're fun, you know? And I don't think I've got that much longer in my life where I can possibly be around those people before I'm like, I'm 30, you know? And I've got three months now until Christmas where I'm not really doing that much except for just writing and doing comedy every night. So fuck it, why not? If anyone knows a bar where I can work at weekends until Christmas, <laughs> please message me. <laughs> that is the most serious appeal that you will hear on this podcast. <laughs> um, I um 
Oh, that's what I was going to do. Fucking, all right, this is what we're doing. I'm going to lift my fucking laptop up. Oh, I wonder if I want to, maybe I'll save this until the end, but I am just going to bring my bag over, over to the podcast area where we will sit back down and resume our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Fucko's Pod Boy Into the Breach. Um, <clears throat> oh, speaking of Naomi, my old housemate, um, I went and saw a dance show on uh, Friday night. It was real good. She's a dancer. University. What's the crew called? Lost and Found? No, Lost and Found was the name of the performance. The crew, the dance crew was called Dancing Dancers. Dance to dance with you. <laughs> I wonder how they come up with the names of their dance crews. Like what they want for it to sound cool. Like Fusion. <laughs> or like Spice Mix. It's the Spice Mix Dance Crew with Vindaloo Boogie. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't called that. Um, <clears throat> the, the piece was called Lost and Found. It was a two-hour performance. She messaged me and was just like, man, come to my thing. And I was like, she came to my comedy festival show and she's just so great. Um, so I... I was like, yep, fuck it, I'll go. But you know what? I did not have high hopes. Not at all did I have high hopes. I I honestly was just like, well, I guess you just put two hours of work in and, and $21 for friendship, you know? These are just the things that you do to support your friends. And also, I was thinking that my support would even be, like, important, you know? Um... <laughs> When actually, the opposite of all of my assumptions turned out to be true. The thing was in a four, five hundred seat theatre. Um, uh, what was it called? Uh, the Union Hall Theatre in, uh, in the University of Melbourne. Huge fucking theatre. Well, not huge. Like, pretty big. Huge for me. I've never played in a place that big. And it was full on Friday night. And it was, the crowd were fucking rowdy, man. And it was uh, a bunch of different dance pieces. Um, also, my assumption that it was $21, incorrect. I didn't buy it online because it shut just when I decided to get my ticket. So I had to go there and it cost me $4 extra. <laughs> Hooray! Um, and I got there and uh, met um, our friend V, who was there as well. She was by herself, so that was nice. I was like, alright, got someone to fucking hang out with. I knew she was going and then I didn't even have to text her. I just happened to see her in the line. So we walk in together and we're both like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be like. <laughs> it was a big ensemble dance production. They had 80 cast members. Um, and it was fucking really good. They had a bunch of different songs. The motif linking it all together was this dresser full of items. And before every dance, one person would go over and like rifle through the things and find an item. And to be honest, that part didn't work very well for me. But uh, the like some of the songs were... There was like a one piece that was like kind of spooky. I really liked that. Some people didn't. But I thought that was really like... It wasn't jarring movements. It wasn't even... It was dance, but it was just more like movement and like the lighting. The lighting setups in this theatre were phenomenal, man. Um, some of the cues... 
and the way it worked with the music. And there were um, there were like movies on this big screen behind the stage, like at the back of the stage. Some like I guess film students had put together movies to go with the performance um, that worked really well. And by the halftime break, the last song that was on was uh, some. The theme was like Cupid's Arrow or something. So there was like you know a lot of it was just to do with love. I guess it's all choreographed by fucking university students in their twenties just thinking about fucking smashing, so, you know, that's what a lot of the themes were, were just like, oh, the most beautiful girl in the world, and then, uh, and I'm gonna do a dance about her, and then girls going like, oh, that boy, he's so pretty, and then, ah, oh, it turns out he's gay, <laughs> that was one of, that was literally one of the dances, it was like, this girl getting ready, dolling herself up, uh, and then the boy comes out and they're all like, oh, so pretty, and then, and then it turns out that he's gay, and there was some song that was like, gay or European, is he gay or European, it's fucking ridiculous, and like, that wasn't, I didn't enjoy that one actually at the time, but looking back, fuck, that's funny, Apparently it's a song out of some musical from 20 years ago. I don't fucking know. Gay or European? Is he gay or European? And then it's like, the twist is like, he's gay and European. Oh, he's gay and European. Who the fuck is writing a song like that? Oh my God. Gay or European? <laughs> so ridiculous um just in case anyone was offended by that the choreographers of the dance crew for the piece lost and found many of whom are gay have pre-approved this song for their performance i don't even know what's fucking offensive anymore to be honest i don't even think i'm a particularly offensive person but i just don't know if the things i'm doing are off- am i allowed to say the word gay I don't, I honestly don't know. So, sorry. Um, what song was I going to do this week? Where's my phone? Where is my fucking phone? Just Jack is the guy and the song is Alchemist. Oh, I didn't even, did I write a thing about what this song's like? No. Oh, it, fuck man. All right. I'm going to play a little bit of it at the end. And it sounds like something. What's that little bit in the background? What is that? That's I'd sang that so fucking badly then because it's not it's not in my register. Okay. <laughs> Um, I have no fucking idea what that's it, but it sounds like it reminds me of not these two things, but something in this era. The song Dimmer Communication by the Bloody Beetroots, but it's not that, or Shooting Stars by Bag Raiders, but it's not that. But something of that era, or like something out of skins, ah, I can't fucking figure out what it reminds me of, but <clears throat> it's a really nice song, man. It's kind of like disco in that there's no drop. It's more, yeah, there's no, like, big bass drop or big moment of the song, but there is a nice chorus. Um, 
yeah, check that shit, man. Let's find out about Just Jack. Is he a DJ? What's his fucking deal? Well, he's Just Jack. <laughs> Ugh. Why do I always... I'm fucking not funny. Why do I always go for, like, the the dumb laugh of just, like... <laughs> and it's like, can I, can I actually just make a fucking joke? Evidently not. Just Jack. Boys clothes? Nope. Stage name, Just Jack. English musician from Camden Town. Hip-hop, UK garage, and indie pop. I, I, I would guess that sounds kind of more like indie pop, right? It's from 2016. Uh, he's on Rocket Records now. Let's find out his fucking what, what his Wikipedia page is. Jack Christopher Allsop, known by the stage name Just Jack, is an English musician from Camden Town, London. He first came to prominence with the release of his 2007 single, Stars Z in Their Eyes which reached number two in the UK singles chart. He has also since been known for the songs Embers, peaking at number 17, and The Day I Died, which peaked at number 11, and the track Writer's Block. Oh, so fucking Alchemist, is Alch- Alchemist isn't even on there. Whatever. Listening to dance music, including breakdance, electro, hip-hop, and house. Uh, started DJing at the age of 15. An amateur breakdancer at the age of 8. What does that mean, an amateur breakdancer at the age of 8? Surely every 8-year-old breakdancer is an amateur. I wonder if there are any prof- youngest professional breakdancer. <laughs> youngest professional break. Dancer. It's like like none of them are professional. It takes until you're like 40. Best young breakdancers. Youngest breakdancer in the world ever. Someone's someone's posted a YouTube video. Youngest breakdancer in the world ever. Five years old. Yeah, but now that's it. Is it something unique of the breakdancing world to make outrageous claims based on people's ages? Um, I... (laughs) <laughs> breakdancer Steve Graham on Business Insider. This 55-year-old is an amazing breakdancer who learned how to do it at Goldman in the 80s. Look, at this point, I'm just fucking free associating online and I need to stop doing that because that's not good podcasting. Point is, breakdancing sucks. Listen to the Alchemist. Listen to Alchemist by Just Jack. <laughs> All right, good. Now we can move on. <clears throat> how far are we in here? Fuck yeah. Um... I was going to, oh, I've almost talked about everything. Oh, I want to talk about this book. Um, I read this book, all right, I read this book called Autumn by um, Ali Smith, who I have no fucking idea who that is, but evidently she's a good writer, like people highly regarded, there are, there's people going like, you know, the. do you guys read the quotes on the jackets of books when you buy them, I do, but I don't think that's what gets me to buy it, I think it's just the cover, I'll read the blurb, and I'll read a little bit of, it's just something, I'll open to a page and just read a bit, just to see what she, like, what the writing is like, um, but this, winner of the 2016 Bailey Women's Prize for fic- Fiction, I've got the hiccups, oh dear, um, a terrific writer, there is an awful lot to lift the soul, not least Smith's play- extraordinary playful use of language. Here's the blurb. Daniel is a century old. Elizabeth, born in 1984, has her eye on the future. 
The United Kingdom is in pieces, divided by an historic once-in-a-generation summer. Love is won, love is lost. Hope is hand-in-hand with hopelessness. The seasons roll round as ever. It's a really nice quote, isn't it? Um, The book, I guess, like the main story, is... um, is about this girl, Elizabeth, and this guy, Daniel, who was her next-door neighbor, Mr. Gluck, Daniel Gluck, um, who is literally 101 years old, and he was her next-door neighbor when she was a kid, and they have this really special bond, uh, it's like love, I guess, or it is love, but it's platonic, um, and the chapters jump around in, in time from, like, when she was a kid to when she was a teenager to now, and Daniel's in the hospital, um, and he's dying or whatever. Um, I couldn't really put a finger on exactly what it was, but I guess even based on that blurb, it's not, maybe it's not supposed to be a story. This is the thing, right? Is it's clearly a, a, a nice book. Like there are some really nice passages in there. Um, and the writing is beautiful. Listen to me try and be a fucking literary critic. The writing, like the way that I'm pronouncing writing. Writing, just say writing, stop being a pussy. The writing's fucking dope. Um, the writing is really nice and the way that she kind of fucks around with language is great and she uses words and rhyme and all this kind of stuff and <clears throat> there are sections of it that are almost like poetic, you know? like, or, like, beat poetry, kind of, like, they just keep repeating a thing, and repeating a thing, and, like, and the people were this, and the people were this, and the people were this, and the blah, 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 and it, like, so she uses that to great effect, but I just don't know, here was my kind of takeaway, was, like, I want to know what I was supposed to get out of it, does that make sense, because I didn't feel like, I felt for the whole time like I didn't really understand the direction that it was going in or like what the story was that it was trying to tell. But I mean, there are stories to get out of it. Like the the main thing is the relationship between these two characters and then uh, Elizabeth's mum doesn't really like this Daniel guy and, and Elizabeth and her mum are very different and they have a strained relationship but then they kind of find a sense of connectedness through the book and... And, and then there's Daniel's, like, love of this person from, like, the fucking 70 years ago. And then Elizabeth finds out about this person. But it just all seemed too loose. It wasn't connected enough. I didn't get a sense of finality. I didn't get that fucking, that, like, <sighs> when you finish a story, you know? I want that at the end of a story. I want to feel like it's done. And I just, I didn't really feel like it was done. Um, but maybe I just need to read it again, you know, because I get like, well, I like to think that the author of this book would say to my discontentedness, like, well, you know, you don't need to get out and you don't need to like, that's like your opinion or what you got out of it is valid. Cause I'm, I guess I'm like second guessing myself. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm not smart enough to be criticizing a book like this or not criticizing, but you know, whatever giving my thoughts on it, like, who the fuck am I, and I, 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 what I'd like to think is that any author would say, well, no, your, your thoughts and what you got out of it is is just as valid as anyone else's, you don't need to be smart or, like, have some certain education to fucking pick up a book and read it, you know, in which case, what I got out of it was that it was incomplete and it didn't make me feel 
poll. Yeah, I don't know, man. I probably will read it again, though. I didn't hate it. It was a weird book. I, I reckon I will read it again, to be honest. Because I felt like it had more in it than what I was getting out of it. And it's not like I read it slowly. I read it in, like, two weeks. Um, and I just wanted to get something more out of it. Maybe stay tuned. Maybe I'll read it again before the end of the year and try and give my thoughts on it again. Autumn by Ali Smith and Enigma. Um, I just wanted to talk about this before I wrap up. I found this, um, this episode's going to go a little longer, I reckon. Uh, I found this little book. I was in uh, Manchester with a mate of mine last September. Um, and he just found a little tiny notebook uh, somewhere, and just gave it to me, like, hey, Taco, write something in this, and, uh, and then the next day, or that night even, actually, so I, I, I thought, like, oh, that'll be funny, and he gave me a pen as well, he just found a pen or something, he gave me a pen, and he was like, write in this book with this pen, and I just was like, oh, I'm gonna write silly thoughts in there, so it's a tiny book, like, it's no bigger than my hand, you know, like a little notebook, uh, I've, wrote, I've written, in case of loss, please return to AJ Taco, aka Dr. Sick Cunt, as a reward, and then a dollar sign, and then I've written, I'll suck your dick! <laughs> so look, great start. Um, and then on the first, so I just decided I was going to write silly little notes in there. I, I put, uh, girls with dresses or skirts or whatever who rock kicks as well are the stars of this show called Life. And then on the next page, I wrote Financial Rhapsody. And then that evening, I uh, got mugged. Um, I was really drunk and I got mugged on my way back to the hotel that we were staying in. I was walking through the center of Manchester and it wasn't like a fit, like I didn't get hurt. I basically got conned. I was real drunk. And this guy over about half an hour conned me into letting him see my pin for my card and then getting my wallet out and he quickly whipped my card out of my wallet and uh, before I could cancel it he took 290 pounds out of it and I went back to the hotel and I was really drunk I threw my phone I was so angry I threw my phone at the bed I was like ah! and it bounced off the bed hit the wall and uh, dented the phone <laughs> which is great um, and then I wrote this in the book while drunk I just got my card stolen and I feel so useless and stupid. The guy played on my insecurities and got away with 290 pounds. And then in the morning I woke up and wrote, this happened in Manchester, which just goes to show what a garbage city it is. <laughs> um, and that's written real bit. Like I can, I look back at that and I can fucking remember the anger directed at myself when I wrote that. That really fucking got to me, man, the fact that I basically let that dude do that, uh, and then I just wrote a bunch of other crap in there, and I ended, I was, the girl that I was hanging out with, who I was madly in love with, uh, I had the idea that I would write all these silly thoughts in here, and then at the end, when I finished the book, I would just give it to her, <laughs> like she would ever, <laughs> but, um, uh, the last thing that I wrote in here was about, it was, uh, things Flo says about dogs, and I'd just written, she, she liked dogs, and I would just write things that she said when she saw dogs, so I wrote, I love that one, it looks like a shadow, just saw the cutest dog, 
thought it was a seagull's shadow. There were three little fart cloud dogs there too. The only gang I'd want to be a part of. And when you meet... Oh no, and then the next page I wrote, When you meet someone you like, don't stop seeing other people right away. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what this was supposed to be, man. Um, but I found it the other day and I thought it'd be fun. I just, <laughs> that right there, that's so indicative of where I was at. Things Flo says about dogs, like me trying to do something fun to make her laugh. And then the next page, don't get too safe. Don't feel secure. <laughs> like, like, what was that? That was basically me trying to be like, don't let yourself get too vulnerable because there was like an inkling in me that she was going to leave. I think, I think that's what that was. Don't stop seeing other people right away. Like, don't go all in too quick because you'll get hurt. Uh, I don't know. That's a bit of a fizzle. I felt like this podcast was pretty good, but that's a bit of a fizzle at the end, I reckon. That's not necessarily what I believe, but if you haven't listened to the start of this podcast, which I don't recommend you do because the sound quality is not very good, but I ended up coming back to Australia and then going back to the UK to see that girl and uh, she didn't really want to see me so it, it did end I went all I did the opposite of what I said I went all in and uh, and it ended up hurting anyway fuck that ugh. I hate the end of this podcast now that feels way too mawkish and sentimental but we had fun that's it man thank you guys so much for listening if you've enjoyed this if you got this far Give me a fucking rate on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to try and get this on... I think it should be on Spotify now, actually. So, if you've got Spotify, if you don't listen... Like, if you've got Apple, listen on fucking iTunes. If you don't, let me just check and see if it's on Spotify. Sitting under a tree. Hey! I'm on Spotify, baby! So fucking have a listen on Spotify, man, rather than um, rather than however you've been listening to it. If it's easier for you, I find it's fucking way easier to listen to shit on Spotify. Um, other than that, though, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week, and I'll catch you next week. This has been Aiden Taco Jones. Peace.